0: Really appreciate you guys look I'm already I needed a I needed a mic stand because I'm like I'm a little shaken up I just I'm just so overwhelmed by the presence of God and just the opportunity to speak to the body of Christ and so I'm just bear with me, bear with me as we go in. Um, I believe I, we gotta we got the slides coming up because if not I can go without it. Um, I'll just open us up in a word of prayer. Um, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, you are awesome God you are. Everything that we need, Lord, even in this moment, we pray, we pray that your voice reaches every heart, Lord God, that needs to hear from you. Lord God, we know you desire to release something new into this earth. Lord God, something that we've never seen, the things that were spoken of in the word of God. And so, Lord, we want to be here to receive, Lord God, give us minds and hearts to receive in Jesus' name, amen. I battle back and forth so many times on how to open up. I had a very rough week, and I wanted to give a testimony about my week, and then I had a couple nice stories that I could share to open it up, but I felt the leading of the Lord, even as I was in my seat, to uh, open up, and it was confirmed when the the young lady came up and spoke about the Seder, the acknowledging the Seder, and it's it's an interesting little quip that I have. Um, It was a young girl. She was getting ready to prepare her holiday ham. Now, this is a tradition in their family. This holiday ham, it was a thing. Anybody got, like, a thing in your family? Like, it's, whether it's the turkey or the ham or the dressing or the macaroni, like, no, Grandma, you can't do the macaroni. Like, aunt, Auntie Gertrude has to do the macaroni because she brings it. Like, so it was this kind of ham. So this young girl, you know, this was her first time preparing it, and so she had to go to the bosses. So she went to Mom and, like, Mom, how do we make this ham? And so Mom was showing her how to make the ham, and she cut the ends off of the ham and she put it into the roaster. And so little girl was like, okay, she, she wanted the details. This is the seasoning. Okay, so why did you cut off the ends? And mom was like, you know, so um the flavor. You know what? I really don't know why we cut the ends off the ham. Is this the thing we do? So little girl, she was not having it. She's like, I need to know every part of this because I'm not messing up this ham. So she gets grandma on the phone. Hey, Grandma, listen, we know you were one of the first ones to receive this recipe from great-grandma. Mom, she did the, the seasonings, she broke down, but she couldn't tell me why she cut the ends off the ham. And the grandma said, well, you know, because like, as the, the, like the heat, I don't know why I cut the ends off of the ham. This little girl is on a mission. She's not stopping. This is a tradition. We need this. We want this. I can't mess this up. She gets Nana on the phone now. Nana, no one can tell me what is going on with this recipe. I have the seasonings, I have the flavor. The juices are just right. Everything. It has to be perfect. Why are we cutting the ends off the ham? And her great-grandma said, baby, I just used to cut the ends off because my pan was too small. <laughs> and so... That, that illustration, and as we talk about like joining in for Seder, this, this long tradition, all of this that has come before us, and we, we, we understand that stepping into something that's the, these traditional things that are so powerful and impactful, sometimes as we go down in the generation, it loses its punch, and we add things into the pot that are not necessary. We hold things so near and dear to us and we make it a part of the recipe and a part of the way we do things. And then we see something different and we think we got to throw the whole recipe away. I want to read something from the word because we I, I see this in the word and I'm, I'm, I'm just praying that God just gives me a way that we can we can individually go back and latch on to the depth of this because I don't, I'm not shutting down tradition. I'm not shutting down the Bible is tried, tested, and true. It is flawless. The word of God will always stand. And there are some things we added. There are some things that need to be done away with. There are some different mind shifts and different paradigms that need to be transitioned. And we can only do that, not with just the new wine, not just the new information, but the new wine skin. We need to receive a different mindset. We need to be able to receive this paradigm that's coming because guess what? The information is going out, but we don't know how to receive it. Let's read the word. We're coming from Matthew 9 and 16. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskin breaks and the wine is spilled. And the wine and the wineskins are both ruined. And both, no, I'm sorry. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Again, that's Matthew 9 and 16. Now, this was a parable that Jesus was sharing when the Pharisees came to him asking, why aren't you guys fasting? You guys aren't fasting. Now, we've made a tradition out of this fast. If you know anything about the Pharisees, they thought they had it. They thought they had it figured out. Jesus called them whitewashed sepulchers and wicked peoples, children of of the devil, but they thought they had it figured out. They were the ones standing, holding it down for the faith until Jesus came. And so he comes in and he's like, no, they're, they're not fasting right now. And he tried to help him understand, why would you fast when the bridegroom is present? No one fasts at a wedding. That, the, the depth of that parable already is, it was, wine was a thing back in that time. Weddings were a thing. They were like week-long celebrations. And he's like, at the time where we're going to have all this food and all this greatness and where we're all supposed to be eating, you're asking us to fast. You're missing it. Like, I'm the bridegroom. I'm here. The food is here. The places are set. We're all going to have a big party because I'm present. But this group who knew all of the tradition, who knew all of the standards, who studied devoutly, they were missing it. They had Jesus Christ himself sitting in front of them and they're asking about somebody else. Take that in. They're asking about, well, well, how do we do like God's stuff? Like, oh great, we feel the spirit, but it's cold in here. <laughs> yeah, like that, like that. Like, so don't, don't miss it. Let's not miss it. I want to just give you a description of what is happening with wine because I see so much parallel in, in that, that, that um, story that Jesus shared. When, when wine is fermenting, it is basically alive, like it's bubbling. The carbon is is, is being released. The carbon gas is, is being released in the inside. And so what's surrounding it has to be something that's pliable, malleable, that can still be shaped and, and formed because as it expands and, and contracts, it's, it's creating what it's in. See, it's not being it's not like pouring a glass of water because you only get as much water as the glass can hold. When, you, when, when wine is being made, what Jesus is trying to show us, when we come into the things of God, it doesn't say he who is in Christ pays tithes. He who is in Christ comes to church on time. No, he who is in Christ, makes sure they make it to Bible study. He who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, look at it. Check it out. All things have been made new. That's like saying Walmart is that store that sells bananas. That's the store that sells bananas. I don't know about you, but I'm a Walmart fanatic and there's way more in there than bananas. Does Walmart sell bananas? Absolutely. But don't describe it as the banana store. Do not look at our faith in, in this pre made vessel and this preconceived thing. Hear me. I'm not saying foo foo with tradition. I'm not saying put the foundational things that God has set in place aside. Yeah, I'm not talking about let's grow into a new, God just loves, he's just loving everyone. It's just everyone accepting, that's just a different type of love. I'm not going to go there, but I'm there. (laughs) No, we're not putting aside those foundational things that God has set in place. I'm just saying, are you only cutting the ends off the ham? Because grandma cut the ends off the ham. We go to the next slide. I believe the Lord wants to release his new wine. He wants to release understanding, new information, a move of God. But he cannot use an old vessel. And think about this old vessel. The thing about it is that vessel at one point was new. So now I'm talking about you. Like at one point, you were on fire for God. At one point, your praise came out a certain way. Your testimony carried you into a certain space. You had this faith and this fervor based on your old wine skin. But when all things are made new and when God wants to pour out something new, he may ask you to do something new. He may ask you to transition, for you to change, to you to rethink. We're afraid to leave churches. We're afraid to be sent forth from churches. We think we have to wait to the Bible study to pray. We don't think we can lay hands at work. We have to evolve and grow and understand that the world we live in is not the world we were even born in Christ into. So we have to change and transition. Not only that, I believe the Bible says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. I transitioned as I became older. We were joking earlier. I, said, I forgot who said it to me, but it's like, oh, no, you got the gray beard now, so you don't, you don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, my gray hair. I don't got to, I'm not doing that. I told my boys the other day, I was supposed to clean the bathroom. That's usually on me. No, you guys, you clean the bathroom now. You get, go get the wipes and you wipe it. Don't flush it. Wipe it. And so... In life, those natural transitions, those natural things we go through, God will pour new wine into us, a new perspective, a new, a new way of looking at things. And if we don't evolve, if we don't receive the new wineskin, because both are provided by God, both are provided by God. It's not us just like, I'm going to do it this way. No, these things are provided by the Lord. These things are instituted by him. And when he begins to put it on, you can't fight it. It literally in the Bible, as it, as we, as it speaks about the, the central message of who Christ is, is saying repent, repent for the kingdom is at hand. That means turn, have a complete mind shift, have a complete new way of looking at things. You are not just, you're not just following new rules. I think that's, you're not just as believers, we're not following new rules. My uncle told me before, I'll never forget it. This is my uncle who raised me. And this is right after I was, I was saved. I was maybe saved a few years and we were sitting in his living room. And he was like, man, I'm proud of you. You know, you're living for the Lord. And he was like, you're doing your church thing. And then I'm like, man, thank you. You know, and I really want you guys to come. I want you to be a part of it. And he was like, listen, we're basically doing the same thing. Like all the same stuff happens to us. It's just you, you process it different. Like all of, all he equated my faith to was just me processing my faith is, no, I'm a new creature. I'm not even who you knew me to be. It's like, no, you, you go through what I go through, right? I'm like, yeah. It's like, and you just don't do the stuff I do in response to it. Mm, that's not it. Like, I don't choose not to do it. I've been renewed in my mind and in the way, the way information impacts me, it doesn't hit me like it hits you now because I'm different. I'll, I'll give you this quick testimony because I want to I wanna describe it and I want to share what I went through. I'm not going to cry either while I do it. Um, and not cry because I'm upset about it. I could, I could cry because of the grace of God. So I'm coming into my house Wednesday, I'm pulling in through the back. Someone pulls up behind me, puts a gun in my head. Give me your money. So most people, normal people, will respond like, oh, my gosh, I'm being robbed. I'm responding like, I got concealed carry, and it's right there, and you really got the wrong one today, bro. You got the wrong, because I will do that to you. Right? So, literally, now, in my, in my heart, this went on for, like, hours. It was only, like, 20 seconds. But I'm looking like, like, I was the most, like, the honoree robbed person, like, just here. And he, like, touched my pocket, like, don't touch my pocket. Like... <laughs> I'm mad, right? Like, and so I have so many emotions that I'm processing through. And I'm not even thinking about the fact that I could not even be alive. Like, my children could have been with me. My, like, there's so much of that dynamic. And then also, that's not the first time I've had a gun in my face. And I'm very familiar with weapons. And so I'm a, little, I'm a little more comfortable, maybe even more comfortable than I should be in that kind of situation. But on the back end of it, you know, I went into the house and I was trying to talk to my wife, but I was just kind of like, I was so upset, like even talking to the police officers, I'm not, I'm not able to respond the way they wanted me to because there was so many thoughts in my head. There was so many interactions that I've having in my community that were negative and so much that's being piled on. Then I was going through things at work. I just felt away, way. And then I began to realize God is doing something. God is doing something. Because in response to that, I was able to reach out to those police officers who were very, very helpful, super communicative, like, like wanting to know all the information about me down to where I worked. He said, I'm going to find that guy. I'm going to get your stuff back. He said, well, we're just going to take him to jail. Well, they got my stuff back and took him to jail. But not only that. See, I had my, my Joseph at, at, the, at the Genesis 5 and 20 moment. After you had been sold into slavery, after you went through all of this, this the, the treacherous things that happened to him, and he was just in this place of like knowing the call of God on his life, but none of it adding up, none of it actually being, being laid out day to day the way that he knew it should be. You went through that space And then you finally stand face to face with that person who harmed you, those people who let you down and those people who did you wrong. Anybody ever been done wrong? Like at that point, like if I see him, it's going to be some furniture moving. (laughs) Right. Like like that's how my heart was. And not not just for this person, but it's just like, I hate this neighborhood. I hate this community. I'm sick of it. I'm in danger. I should take my family. We should get up out of here. So I'm having all of these moments. And then I had that moment What the enemy meant for bad. God meant it for my good. Hold that, hold that, hold that. God meant it. You mean to tell me God was in that? Like he had a meaning for it? And since he's the author and finisher of my faith, he allowed the devil to feel like he was doing something. Come on, we've we've seen this before. We heard it before with Job. Like he allowed this to happen to me, but the whole time had a plan. He already... God meant it for my good. So if he meant it, how is this going to work out for good? I have great relationships with the police in the 15th district, 11th district, and 12th district now because I've been on the phone with them and talking to them. I'm not moving from that community because actually I'm a representative of somebody who used to sell drugs and gangbang in that same community. I'm only a target because I'm doing positive things, but I'm protected by the power of God. What about everybody else? (laughs) Do I got to keep going like, like, literally now it's like, thank you, sir, for robbing me. Like, I don't, I don't have to have visions of retaliating against you. I don't have to live in fear because I believe the word. I have a new wineskin. If God is for me, who can really be against me? Is, is it real or not? Like, is it really real in your life? Do you believe that he's laid out a plan for your life? Do you believe those words or are we just using the recipe we have? And just going through the motions. And we come into this building and even today just feeling the power of God so real and so present. I'm like, God, I don't want to take another moment being distracted. I don't want to have another moment where I don't put on the mind of Christ, where I don't find you in worship every time, where I get used to you. I don't want to be used to Jesus. I want to be impressed every time. I want to be impassioned every time. You're telling me that the creator of all things meets with me. He knows my name. He knows where I am. He's watching over me. He's providing for me. I'm not taking that lightly. Not another day. There's a couple things I want to leave with us on the next the next slide about things that I know we can do. Mentalities that we can take on to be able to move forward. And then I want to pray with us and I know it is cold, so we're going we're gonna to let the Lord heat us up and, and, and move us along. Because, he, he, look, he's going to follow you out of here. That's the crazy part. Like, when you leave, like, he's still out there. Number one, break free from the fear of the unknown. Stop being scared of change. Don't be in park where God is telling you to drive. Stop. The glory cloud will move. You move with it. You may be released into something new. You may change cities. You may take on a whole new career path. Stop being afraid of change. This is not your show. This is not your show. This is God's show. This is his production. You're just the character in his play. You let him tell you your role. Let him tell you your position. We can't be afraid of it, but we get comfortable. The natural human response is, I want to be warm right now. I don't want my fingers to be numb. I don't, like, I don't want this light shining in my face. I don't. But this is the space that God has me in. And so am I going to sit here worrying about that? Or I'm going to go for it in what God is, the place that he's put me in. Number two, be willing to defy tradition. If you're waiting to hear from me until I have on my suit and my collar and my gloves, and the, the, we don't even, the pastor don't even sit on the stage in here. What, y- what are y'all doing in this church? <laughs> y'all didn't bring me no water. Where was the usher board? Where was the mother deacon section? Why you get to sit in that seat? You ain't as important as the, you supposed to sit in the, you got to be willing to defy the, t- let's talk about it. You see her skirt? Yeah, she ain't here in the skirt. He has on a hoodie. The leadership is wearing a hoodie. Y'all all going to hell. Everybody going to hell? <laughs> no, that's it. If we're waiting on that, if we're waiting on that tradition to be in place, then we're missing it. We're missing it. Literally, the Pharisees are like, how are you, how are you healing on the Sabbath? Why? He's healing, though. Like, when did you heal? When did you last heal? but you're healing on the side. That, it sounds foreign until you begin to look at your own life and then it sounds scary. Because what are you waiting on? What are you missing, Charles? Why do you want to retaliate against this guy, Charles? You're a new creature. You are different. You have been made new. What are you thinking? You're missing God and you're being scared. You're, you're in the, I'm talking about me. I ain't, I'm not talking about it. I'm just talking about me. You're being afraid and you're missing the call of God to progress you to where he wants to take you. Last, ask God for his strategy. We have to ask God for his strategy. We cannot gather this information. We know that in the last days, knowledge will increase. That's the word. We can't just take in all of this information because let's go back to that parable again. See, we don't put new wine into old skin because it will burst and the wine will be lost. Let me tell you exactly what I mean, because maybe you can relate to this. You ever heard that powerful message that you just knew God was speaking? You was, church, you was churched up, turned up, ready to live your life, and then you went back home and fell right in the sand. You went back home, and it confused you more than it helped you along your journey. It was good, valuable revelation that God preached. It was an amazing experience. God moved. He showed up. He moved furniture up in that place for you. And you went out with your friends right after and was drinking and struggling in fornication and pornography. Anybody maybe once heard about something like that? Yeah. See, if we don't ask God for his strategy to receive what's being poured out, it'll just look like a fun time. Oh, it's a revival over there. It's a revival going on. Well, that's the wine. But what about you? Are you ready to receive revival? When revival pulls you into a scary place, when revival puts your head on the chopping block, when revival makes you an outcast, when revival, because that's what it will do, when revival causes you to get attacked, when being called causes you to get robbed at gunpoint in your neighborhood, are you wanting revival for real? Do you really want God to move? That's what you got to ask God for his strategy. Lord, I need a new mind. I need a new wine skin. Lord, I need to be renewed and refreshed in what you're saying and what you're doing. I'm going to let you go. I just want to pray. I just want to pray. Is Galatians up there. I just want to, I want to put the stamp on this with that Galatians 2 and 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. Like, the gravity of that. Like, we don't have to wrestle with so much when we realize we're not even in charge anymore. Like, one of the graces of being a child is only having to do, I tell my kids all the time, they will tell you, you only have two things in life to do. What God says and what I say. And most of what God says to you is going to come by what I say. Like, that's really easy. That's really easy. As an adult, it's like, okay, now I got to figure out jobs, school, relationships, all it. No, he says, come to me like little children. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ that lives in me. I have put on his mind. I've taken on his righteousness. I've taken on his, the graces that he's going to walk with me uh, alongside me with. Like I can put my stuff down and it's easier said than done. I get it, but it better be done. Because that is the hallmark of being a Christian. It's not how, how early you get to church or how late you get to church or how many, how many boards you serve on or how much altruistic things you do, how much money you give. It's not about that. There's more than bananas at Walmart. It's more to this thing than the simple things we break it down to. Thank you, worship team. I want to pray. I want to ask that we stand and we pray. And if anybody, if anybody heard anything that personally can encourage you to demand right now from yourself to submit to who God is. I just want to pray that with you, and I'm not going to be long, but I want to pray that over us and come in agreement with one another. It may not be you. It may be the person standing next to you. You may have it figured out. You may be walking it confidently, knowing who God is, but that's why the Bible says that we pray for one another. When we get together, we can't take, if if two or three agree, then every word is established. If one can chase a thousand and two can put 10,000 to flight, there's, there's power in that agreement around God. Lord, we just thank you. God, we give you honor. Lord, you are who you say you are. You've done what you said you've done, Lord God. We ask even now, Lord God, for our minds to align with your word even more. Right now, Lord. Lord, we know that the enemy comes to steal the word of God as soon as it is sown. But we pray your covering. We pray your protection. Because we also know that, Lord God, everything that you send out by your mouth, it does not fall to the ground void. It does not just fall on deaf ears. But, Lord God, you are awakening your people right now. Lord God, you desire to raise up an army. Not an army of people who dress the right way, who have the, the Christian lingo down packed, who, who just do all the things that are perfect on the outside, but on the inside are rotten flesh. Lord God, speak to us. Renew our minds. Lord God, as you pour out your new mind, your new wine on us, Lord God, make us vessels that are able to receive. God, we lay ourselves down before you. We don't have the answers. We don't know. Lord God, we need our hearts to be refreshed, our hearts to be renewed. There are some people in this building in the name of Jesus that just need the pneuma of God, the fresh breath of God to blow into them. It is not over. You are not done. You are not at the end of the race, says the Lord. There are some of us, Lord God, who've been faking it. We just come in and we, we, know, we know the words and we know the time and we know what's expected of us, Lord God. But we don't have a, a firm grasp of who you are and why we do what we do. Lord, we pray that you speak to those minds right now in the name of Jesus. Give us wisdom. Give us encouragement. Give us understanding. Lord God, there are some of us that need to walk in more humility, not thinking we have it all figured out already, like we are doing it better than the, the next person. But Lord God, make us humble and make us understanding of that you call us into new and different places and into sometimes, Lord God, awkward places or uncomfortable places. And Lord God, so we're not always at the top. We're not always at the at the top of our game. So Lord, give us humble hearts to receive even those spaces because this is your show. This is your thing, Lord. I thank you and I give you praise, Lord God. Let every single person here, Lord God, receive every word that you release, Lord God. Eat the meat and spit out the bone. Whatever is not for them, Lord God, let it let it fall onto who is for. And Lord God, encourage us, encourage us every moment, every moment in Jesus' name. Amen.